Welcome to the Broadband Bunch, a podcast about broadband and how it impacts all of us. Join us to learn about the state of the industry and the latest innovations and trends. Connect with the thought leaders, pioneers, and policymakers helping to shape your future through broadband. The Broadband Bunch, as always, sponsored by ETI Software. This is the last of our episodes of recorded live at the Fiber Connect 2019 event in Orlando. Uh, in this episode, we get to hear from Kevin Mitchell. He's the vice president at Alianza. And then we get to speak with Kristen Goodson. She is the dark fiber specialist, a very impressive title, um, from the Tennessee Valley Authority. Hope you enjoy it. Is this the Broadband Bunch? This is the Broadband Bunch. and But we, we've got a guest, right? We do. Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> That is my middle name, though. It is. Yes. Kevin Patrick See? Mitchell. There I knew go. it. I knew it. I just said it backwards. <laughs> I, did, I said it backwards. But we're here, Kevin Patrick Mitchell. How are you? You're from Alianza. I'm from Alianza. Yeah, I'm doing well. Having a great show. Excellent. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Thank you always for being uh, on the podcast. So tell me, how is the show going for you guys so far? It's been great. Great conversations with partners, with prospects, current customers coming by, want to know what's new. Excellent. How we can help them grow, how uh, they can launch business VoIP services, and uh, just be more successful in their market. So it's been a, it's great conversations all around. I mean, the partner ecosystem that we've built here in the fiber community and a bunch of the broadband communities um, is really showing through here. There's a lot of great partners. That's really great. And in full transparency for the for the listeners, right, we are a partner with Alianza. We are, yes. Um, and, so, um, and so I think that's great. What have you seen uh, over the past few shows and events? How are things changing for you? What do you think is happening in the market? Anything that you think is interesting? Yeah, the number of new entrants that are launching fiber-based broadband just continues to uh, increase from all different types of backgrounds and segments, right? You have municipalities, you have new overbuilder ISPs, electric co-ops, you have cable providers starting to overbuild their own DOCSIS plant with fiber. Of course, you have telcos uh, doing some um, service to their communities with building out fiber, some better than others. But mm -hmm. uh, just the number of providers that are just in the market overall offering broadband, sometimes super hyper-local, you know, serving a very set small community uh, is, has been increasing. And then everyone that's been offering broadband, uh, whether it's been a WISP or uh, telco, mm -hmm. fiber is all in their plans, uh, increasingly so. So that's that's been uh, really very apparent through co shows like Fiber Connect and Tech Advantage and broadband communities, you know, that attract a pretty diverse set of uh, providers. That's and, great. And there's more consultants, too, helping, helping everyone figure out, does this make sense for me? Uh, how do I... What's the plan look like? What services am I layering on top of broadband? How do I compete against the incumbent? All that yep. type of stuff. So there's a big consultancy uh, that specializes in different areas that's growing too. And uh, that, that's great. And where do you think it is on its on the overall you know sort of li live spectrum? Like, is it still is it like really going crazy? Is it sort of you know normal growth? What what's your sense just in the market in general for broadband? Uh, well, given. The number, you know, we focus on North America, so I can't speak globally from, from anything that I comment on, but um, I think given the number of underserved Americans, um, 
unserved or un, uh, underserved, mm-hmm. um, there's still a lot, a lot of growth to go. Yeah. Uh, in addition to serving what's already been served with what will be in a year or two inadequate broadband speeds, you know, when when everyone's going to have a gig right. or have access to a gig anyway. So, um, and then then someone listening to this few years hence will be laughing that I said access to a gig, <laughs> right? But, um, you know, I think we're still very early, early stage. You know, if you look at the electric co-ops, there's something like 900 of them in the U.S. 100 plus have launched broadband today. Some of it's wireless, a lot, most of it's fiber. Okay. And, uh, you know, the numbers I hear are something like another 200 are in various stages of, of evaluating or building. It's great. I mean, it's a it's a good market for us collectively to be in, that's Absolutely. for sure. No doubt about it. We are visiting with uh, Kevin Mitchell, Vice President of Marketing with Alianza, and uh, one of the things that I've noticed at virtually any industry event, Alianza is, is present. Uh, you guys have a great uh, track record of that and have begun to really get some market share over the last couple of years. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I appreciate that, Craig. We um, are 10 years old this year. Uh, we've uh, Our roots were kind of helping wireless ISPs, brand new service providers, launch voice, add cloud communications into their portfolio. But over the last five years, we've helped um, all these new upstarts in fiber broadband, as well as cable operators, telcos, replace aging, outdated uh, VoIP solutions, whether it was a hosted soft switch or something they put on-prem, like a, a soft switch or IMS core. So we've had a great success growing both those types of providers that are either brand new to voice or looking to update their solution. So now we're uh, close to 70 service providers using our solution. Again, range of different uh, service provider types uh, and uh, you know sophistication or experience around voice. And we have over 300,000 subscribers now. And it's our own platform. It's our own intellectual property. We're not using somebody else's software and code. We built it all. We host it in uh, two different locations and maybe more in the future in, in the U.S. with a really resilient and very easy to use solution. So that is resonating with the market. That's great. And where do you think Alianza goes from here? You know, where, where, where do you see in the next two to four years sort of just more of the same, more, more growth? Absolutely. More of the same, uh, but also adding to our portfolio, uh, expanding upon our residential phone communication set, expanding feature functionality to uh, go beyond just voice communications for businesses like chatbots and, and SMS and, and messaging, so yep. more, more unified communications, more ways to use voice instead of just a phone call, Okay. Uh, more ways to use communication instead of the traditional one-to-one. So there's going to be an expansion of new capabilities that make our customers more successful in the market so they grow more, but then we're going to be converting more service providers from outdated solutions onto our cloud, as well as helping all these new upstart entrants uh, enter the market with a bundle. Because uh, yes, phone is 100 years old, <laughs> or over that as a service, but it continues to be compelling. Every broadband provider that's launching also launches phone. Right. Video sometimes is questionable, or at least the traditional way of offering video and TV, but phone is always there, and they're going to get 20 to 40% take rates on, on their uh, subscribers, and the margins are still great, uh, very strong for offering phone service. You talk about margin, the ability with the Alianza solution uh, to, to experience uh, a substantial margin on the commercial end of things is even better. Absolutely, and that's where the, the, strong, the take rate's even stronger when you're talking about business broadband plus phone. 
and anecdotally we hear all the time from customers that they can't until they have phone in their portfolio, it's very difficult for them to win over the broadband business because they're Interesting. The, the business wants that one local provider. And that, that is uh, what's also compelling about a bunch of these upstarts is they are in the community. They are the local provider. The, the people live in those communities that work there. And uh, you know they have the trucks and the, the folks in the, in the field helping their uh, neighbors. And uh, they, they really want to see that. Um, also include phone service. That's great. What uh, is there anything that sort of keeps you up at night, or when you think of the growth of, of for Alianza, anything that you sort of worry about? Maybe that's a market dynamic or anything like that. Anything that you no, think I, through? I, you know the there was a cord cutting, fixed phone is dead type of thought. Um, maybe ten years ago or mm -hmm. so. Uh, I don't. I don't. Again, I think yes. That there's macro pots. Uh, TDM traditional de decline in numbers and that continues but even as that happens the VoIP portions of the market continue sure. to grow especially service servicing businesses you know these um, you know, still half the market is not uh, is a TDM traditional phone service when you look at fixed voice so there's still this tremendous growth opportunity um, there's nothing necessary that keeps keeps us up at night, uh, other than you know we need to uh, execute on a, a great plan and hire mm -hmm. hire all the right people and continue to make sure we pay attention to our partners and our customers and uh, keep up with the latest capabilities because integration and automation and using APIs is a core part of our business and you know there's a lot of change with all of our our partners are changing their software the devices are changing we just need to you know keep tabs on that and uh, continue to make uh, automation uh, and make voice easy and automate as much as possible. That's great and I know Craig we see that all the time as well right things are changing at what feels like exponential <laughs> right? light speed, light yep. speed. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so I think you know with that right I and, and I listen I think your business plan is incredibly solid right stay up on technology have great partnerships provide great service to your customers I think that's what everyone wants to hear. Indeed. Yeah, and that's what I mean. That's why we have our partnership, right? You, you're powering the back office. You're powering the, the revenue streams for these service providers, and we want to make it easy instead of swivel chairing. Once you're entering a broadband subscriber's information, it it flows through right from your solution to ours, and customers activated, the numbers ported, 911 is uh, solid and ready to go. So we want to incorporate as much of that functionality as possible and continue to, you know. Uh, use those APIs and automate everything that we can. Can't automate everything, but we're going to automate the, the the big the big processes that uh, can take up a lot of uh, people and time. That's great. That's great. So, where can our listeners find you and find Alianza? Well, me at a lot of trade shows. <laughs> <laughs> where the am road I off warrior. to next? Yeah, um, and then welcome to visit us at our headquarters right outside of Provo, Utah. And, uh, of course, online at alianza.com. Fantastic. Well, listen, Kevin Mitchell, thanks so much thank for hanging you. out with us. We wish you the best of luck. Excited to continue our uh, our partnership. And I'm sure we'll see you at another trade show as well. Absolutely. That's, right. that's the one certainty. <laughs> yes. Appreciate the opportunity, guys. Thanks so much, Kevin. Thank you, Craig. The Broadband Bunch continues in just a moment.
All right, and welcome to the Fiber Connect 2019. We have Christy Goodson from the Tennessee Valley Authority. She's the dark fiber specialist. Thank Which you for joining us. Thanks. What is a dark fiber specialist? It's not as scary as it sounds. It sounds super cool, actually. Gosh. I'm changing my title to Dark Fiber yeah. Pete. Our, our logo in the background, if you look closely, there's actually a Darth Vader mask. No. Yeah. Sweet. Just kidding. So, uh, how are you enjoying the show? show's good. Yeah? Uh, last year was my first year because I'm a TVA newbie in oh. that I've been there less than three years. And they tell me I'll be a newbie until I'm like 10 years in, I wow. think. But... Yeah, so what did you like about the show this year? Uh, the show this year is, is good. It's bigger than last year. I noticed a ton of, like, first-time, you know, attendees. And I was in the Women in Fiber Lunch, and I swear at least half the room, it was their first one. Brand because new. they raised a, their hand in a ton of first-time vendors. Since, so um, really growing. since I was excluded from the Women in Fiber Lunch, unfortunately. Actually, we had two token males. Yeah, I'll be the next token male. I'll what? make sure you get an invite. <laughs> what did you guys talk about? What was the topic? Uh, we actually had a lady. Her name was Jane Shine. Uh, her last name, though, is S-C-H-I-J-N, if I remember correctly. So wow. it's, it's different. No, I don't think so. Um, it's her married name. But anyway, she was a great speaker. She was talking about just, you know, how women in tech industries, it's growing, and but there's still not as many men. Um but overall, she was basically like kind of you are the, and, and this applies to men as well, you're the kind of master of your own career. Right. Yes. You know, if you don't promote yourself, someone else won't do that for you. And so it was all about that, about how to kind of get along and you know, move up in the world and don't let anybody tell you no. Sabrina came out high-fiving people. What did you enjoy about the lunch in there? She sort of guided you through mm-hmm. the process. She had sort of a, a coach as well to get her where she was going and she just wanted to pay that forward as well so she gave her twitter uh channel out there and it's i think it was channel what was it called Mm. something it was i have it logged in but it's i have it too it's we'll look it up yeah we'll read the notes but she was extremely extremely uh good to listen to you. I mean, yeah. you didn't get bored. She was very entertaining. Right, so motivational, self-promotion, yeah. mentorship were kind of key aspects for the women. And, and she even talked about the fact that, you know, your social media presence, no matter what industry you're in now, is a bigger deal than ever. Right. And if you yourself are not comfortable with us doing your own social media presence, find you, a, you know, someone who's a millennial that they've grown up in social media since, you know, they could handle a phone. Right. And help them get you to grow your presence, grow your brand, because you are your own brand. Yep. And so she talked about what she called it reverse mentors, which is basically, you know, she helps her, but then she also helps her in reverse with her social media. And now I think she's got, she went from like a thousand followers and now she's like at 60,000. Wow. It's a lot. Yeah. Are you active on social media? I do. Yeah. LinkedIn? Yeah. Um, on LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, like I'm a good reader right. of Twitter, but like to tweet is like I'm just yeah yeah. I'm having to get past that just because I'm like, why does anybody want to know what goes in my head like <laughs> every 20 minutes or something? Well, but you have a lot of experience. I mean, so the dark fiber specialist, you have a certain expertise, right? Yes. And can you just explain what it is that you're doing for TBA? 
Well, at um, TVA, we have, because we're a government entity, and, and throughout the years, as it's become available, we have sold surplus fiber to various companies, and mostly our, our power companies, our local power companies. And so my job is really, um, I help our local power companies, because TVA is part of the federal government. We're fully self-funded, but we're part of the government. And we have 154 local power companies that we sell power to. And the majority of my job is helping our local power companies in the fiber space, which, you know, most of the time doesn't have anything to do with broadband, but it's about how fiber enables the power space, um, the secure communications that we have to have, and the metering, and how we can just have better control of our own data. And so a lot of my time is spent doing that, Um, just working because we have them from they have no fiber and don't know anything to they've got it and they're ruling the world. Yeah, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what what's fiber used for. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, does the consumer understand what dark fiber is? Does um, it matter to the consumer? The consumer thinks fiber means immediate broadband and fiber is not that. Um, that's usually what a lot of times when I talk to people about what I do and I say like I'm a fiber specialist and they're like oh, so you get the internet to my house? I'm like, no. (laughs) No, that's no different than saying that because the interstate goes through your town that you're automatically in Atlanta. It just doesn't happen. Um, Dark fiber is simply the lanes on an interstate, and and this applies to whether it's TVA or anybody selling dark fiber. It's like the lanes on an interstate, and somebody has an extra lane or two and they sell it to somebody and that person can put their cars on it and drive their own cars and nobody gets in their lane but the lanes are just there until somebody puts equipment on and that in turn creates the communication path the broadband the you know agriculture that we're using it for today the research platforms the universities use it for I mean it's so functional to what we do every day and then dark is just means that it's there and nobody's using it so can we find the use for it somewhere else and so i've done that for 23 years now three with tva 20 with carrier and what's the scale around the tva you said you have many utilities how many utilities and how many are using fiber how many are thinking about it i don't know the number of utilities we have that have fiber and i don't have that in my head right now but we have 154 local power companies The majority of those, because we're the public power model, Um, we have parts of Mississippi, parts of Alabama, a little bit of Georgia, Kentucky, and all of Tennessee. And there are various co-ops and municipals within the Tennessee Valley Authority. Um, We're the generation and transmission. We sell the power to them. Uh, We also do a lot of economic development. Um, Lots of uh, jobs and industries we partner with our local power companies to bring them into the valley to bring jobs, retain jobs, grow the economy in the valley, and then we also have an environmental arm. Uh, We manage the waterways and the natural resources in the Tennessee Valley. So what's driving the interest by these 154 utilities to consider? Is it just an evolutionary step? Well, it's, like I said, they're anywhere from 154, there's 154 of them, they're anywhere from we don't have fiber, we don't need it, to, you know, I need to understand fiber because I know I need to put SCADA or AMI because those are two of the main fiber-fed technologies uh, that we have for the power industry. And then you've got some who are, you know, like EPB is one of our 
um, the Electric Power Board of Chattanooga is one of our LBCs. They were the first gig city in America. They didn't, you know, our fiber does not enable that. Um, but they built their own. They have, I think, nine. I think Katie said they have like 9,000 miles of fiber in the city of Chattanooga now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the jobs and everything that it, it enables in right. a territory and so much of what we have is rural. That's why so many more of our LPCs are getting interested in the idea of bringing fiber, i.e. broadband, into their area because they're underserved. And, and that's why a lot of them are, you know, talking about it. And it's in the news. And we've, three of our states have recently changed their laws to allow them to get into business. Oh, really? So there was a regulatory blocking going on? Um, well, the laws in certain states wouldn't allow um, co-ops especially. Uh, some would allow municipals, some would not. Um, but co-ops um, especially were not allowed to get into the broadband business. Uh, the, those three states have recently, they all have a little bit of different flavor in their laws, sure. but most of them have changed the laws. So that's why a lot of the um, local power companies are looking at getting into that and it's happening across the country it's not just us because there's not enough broadband out there in these rural areas because other companies you know just it, they've not found it profitable in the models they use so across the country power companies and other kind of grassroots efforts are trying to find a way to make that pay yeah, we saw earlier the speaker from the USDA talking about the farm mm-hmm. bill. I mean, is that some stimulus that's going to help these folks? Um, I think so, if, if they want to apply for it. Um, but the biggest thing, the reason that it's in the farm bill is because, one, it's rural, and two, agriculture is so bandwidth-driven now. Um, I have a friend that you know, she and her husband are cotton chicken farmers, and they do so much with you know they they do drones and they have like computer aided farming and all this stuff and if they don't get the bandwidth they can't they can't you know cheapen how they deliver their crops so that they can make more money in a competitive market so it's but I love the guy this morning who said he one of the guys in one of the panels I was in and he was like do you know how many times farmers call me and go when am I getting that fiber? He was like, you get tired of telling them no. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's interesting that the farming innovation outpaces the infrastructure they need to keep innovating. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a shame. But what's next for dark fiber in your mind? What do you see? Um, dark fiber as a whole, um, you're going to see more and more um, fiber, period, being deployed. Um, everybody's like, oh, well, wireless will overtake fiber. No, it's not possible. Um, the physics simply don't fit around the around that. Um, so you can't you can't do what you can do on fiber with wireless. It's just not it's not possible. So there's going to be more fiber built, um, especially in cities, because with the advent of 5G and small cells, you're going to have repeaters like every you know city block and those are all fed with either one to two fibers a piece well think about if you get along a two mile stretch of road i mean that's hundreds of fibers that you've got to have in the ground to supply this because somebody wants a gig of throughput to their cell phone in three years right so i think it's going to be especially in the cities it'll be more but it's going to have to continue to be cross-country as well because you can build all the fiber you want in a city and if there's not somebody to take you to one of the internet hubs, it's like a road to nowhere. And so you're gonna see a lot of people 
really start building more fiber. I mean, I think the show this year is twice what it was before as far as the number of vendors are close to it. I mean, that alone speaks that in a year you can almost double um, about how many people are really interested in this space. Yeah, and there's an international influx too. We're seeing the same in Africa and Europe and U.S. I think globally everybody's rushing to kind of meet this demand. Yeah, because it's, it's going to grow. If you look at um, my favorite, because like, I'm a geek and I like data and stuff like that, and if you look at the um, Cisco Network Index that they do every couple of years, and I think it's next year, maybe either later this year or next year, their data showed that people with electricity would be outpaced by people who have cell phones and people with running water in their homes are now outpaced with people who have cell phones. Wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's crazy. So more phones than bathrooms. Exactly. Wow. I mean, we like pe- there are people who have a cell phone that don't have electricity or running water yeah. in their house. Yeah. But they get little solar packs and they, you know, bundle them up, up or they go over, they go into the internet cafes during the day, plug all their stuff up do their work and go home at night. Yeah, even in New York City, they have these kiosks now for even people that are homeless or whatever. They're charging their phones. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Okay. Christy Goodson from the TDA. Appreciate yes. it. Dark thanks. Fiber Lord. And uh, thanks for your insight. Enjoy You're the rest welcome. of the show. Thanks.